This week, there's a new virus spreading across the country with symptoms similar to COVID-19, but it comes from ticks. We have some tick bite prevention safety tips from experts, plus our visit to Washington, D.C., all the sites, the monuments, where to stay, and more. This is RV Miles. This podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean, who makes it easy and fun to simply step outside. That might mean breaking a speed record in a rugged, built-for-fun sonic snow tube, walking an extra block in a warm, weather-resistant down jacket, or just taking a breath on your doorstep before cozying up in a quilted sweatshirt. For however you experience the outdoors, shop clothing and gear at llbean.com. Be an outsider. Welcome to episode 236 of the RV Miles podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time RVers who have been crisscrossing North America with our three boys since 2016. Woo! Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors from the news to travel destinations, our national parks, and so much more. The ticks are out in abundance Yikes. everywhere. We are seeing them here all around the east. Uh, our friends have had them. Luckily, we have not had one on us yet, thankfully. Uh, but there is a new virus, and I'm just going to read this, that's going around that comes from ticks. Mm. This comes from Earthkind, who is a company that makes uh, botanical-type uh, sprays and bug repellents. And they say that there is a new tick-borne virus, the Heartland Bandivirus, that's spreading across the U.S. It can cause high fever, diarrhea, muscle pains, and many other symptoms of tick-borne diseases. And it's also very similar to that of COVID-19. Yikes. So their experts have some advice for avoiding tick bites, which I think we're all keen on doing. Before going outdoors, dress in light-colored clothing with pants tucked into your socks. It might not look the greatest, but it's going to keep that tick from crawling up your legs, especially if you're going on a hike out in the woods. It's a really good thing to do. You can also tuck your pants into your boots if you're wearing hiking boots or something mm -hmm. like that. That looks a little less nerdy. Uh, I'm not worried about the look <laughs> at that point. Pull back your hair or go even further by wearing a hat. Or go even further yeah. like Jason just did yesterday and just shave it all off. <laughs> just get rid of it. And the reason for wearing light colored clothing is so that you can spot them easier to mm -hmm. brush them off if they get onto you. If you're wearing dark black pants, for instance, then you're not going to see a tick potentially crawling up that. And ticks can be very, very, very small. No, I don't want to go outside. <laughs> I'm going to put the children in a bubble. Actually, not the children. I'm going to put you into oh, a bubble. Okay. And then then we will see the ticks as they're on the outside well, this, of your bubble. This next one's going to excite you. Oh, great. Uh, ticks look for warm areas. So they travel from the ankle and reach up as far as your armpits or other body crevices. So you want to check all of those. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. And you want to check yourself, your kids, and your pets thoroughly when coming in from the outdoors, especially in those hard-to-see areas. Then shower immediately and wash and dry clothes with high heat setting. You know, can we can we just get one one season, just one just one moment in time anymore where we're not thinking about another new something that's out there to fret about? Yeah, I know. 
I know. There's always something else out there. Uh, but you can check out EarthKind's products. We'll link to them in the show notes. Um, they have all sorts of bug repellent natural stuff that yep, you might Yep, going to go buy it all now, <laughs> apparently. <useful. laughs> uh, all right. We're talking about Washington, D.C. today. Mm-hmm. It's a big show because we did a lot in Washington, D.C. and had a really great experience at the campground that we really want to talk to you about. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Washington, D.C. We'll be right back. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox has been designing and manufacturing some of the best towing products in the industry. Blue Ox is everywhere. Highways, campgrounds, anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Blue Ox produces award-winning tow bars and base plates, plus a full line of weight distributing hitches and a new lineup of adjustable ball mounts. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit blueox.com. Have you heard of Park Wolf? It's a game-changing iPhone app for exploring U.S. national parks. Park Wolf's Wildlife Finder makes finding any wildlife species super easy. Park Wolf gives you heat maps and charts of the best places and times in the park to find any species. Park Wolf's free drive GPS Explorer makes exploring the park a breeze by showing upcoming places in the park as you drive along with distances to the nearest gas station, restrooms, food, and pullover points. You can download Park Wolf for iPhone from the App Store today and start making the most of your national park visit. All right, it's time to talk Washington, D.C. Let's Uh, do it. First of all, I think we should talk about where we stayed because it's kind of crucial uh, to talk about that before you talk about how you actually go about visiting a city like Washington, D.C. We Mm -hmm. stayed at Cherry Hill Park, which has been recommended to us for years by lots and lots of people. Mm -hmm. When we finally had the chance to get to D.C., we had to go there because everybody said you have to. And they were right. So right. There's so many things about this park that we absolutely loved and nothing that we loved was showy first off and I mean that in the sense of of shiny and super new I mean we love all it's it's over a hundred year old park yeah that's exactly where I was going with that so this park has been family owned for 100 years that is so cool and you can see it in the care of the park you can see it in just the way that they operate and how they handle everything and they do such a fantastic job of making you feel like you are on vacation does that make sense yeah yeah everyone there is so incredibly nice and welcoming you walk into that office which by the way not only accepts packages it encourages them they even email you when your packages arrive but you walk into the main office and there's always four people in there they've got like a full camp store that's almost like a camping world inside (laughs) there and and the whole the whole place probably has 50 people on staff at any given time. I've been to campgrounds this side that have two people on staff normally. Yeah. And they speaking of this camp store, this camp store also sells beer and wine. I mean, it's it li- I don't want to say that I judge my vacation upon something like that. But I mean, that I think just goes to show again, like the different level of what you get here. And to go even further than that, you know, They have great amenities, and one of those being that you're going to have two different pools, a cafe with not just like silly cafe food, but like good grill 
cafe food, you know, pizzas and quesadillas and burgers and ice cream and, you know, just kind of like all that fun vacation-y like food. And then you have an arcade, you have a huge laundry room, and you have a sauna. When you say huge laundry room, I mean, this was like it's going big. to a laundromat. It yeah. was really big. And, and the and- prices were very, very reasonable. It was $1.75 to wash and $1.75 to dry, and the dryer went for I think it was 45 or 50 minutes. So more than enough time. Done. It got it done. <laughs> and and the cafe will also deliver the food to your site, yes. which is a, a big plus. Or to the table you're at outside at the pool. You can scan a QR code and then there you can order right there from an app. You can have it come out to your table. It's fantastic. There's lifeguards on duty at the pool, which is very unheard of. I the last time I've seen that. Mm-mm. And they have um, this really cute looking reception hall that's also attached over there and that gets rented out to the community. So this time of year, there were clearly a lot of graduation parties happening or wedding receptions while we were there. And that was a lot of fun to see as well. But I think what really like caught our eye about this campground and we talked about it a little bit last week which i think as campers or maybe even as full-timers is just something you become really hyper aware of and that was the number of trash cans all over the park as well as the fact that each trash can offered recycling they were literally at each end Mm -hmm. of each row of campsites there was a station with three garbage cans and two recycling bins, every single one of them. And they went out and emptied them every day. And we talked about this, how we actually far prefer that mm-hmm. over when they tell you to set your garbage out and they, they come by and pick it up because then or, you just have garbage sitting out everywhere. They have these giant dumpsters that they only have emptied once a week and there's only one of them and, and it's it, in the yes. corner of the park and you have to walk a half mile to get yes. to it. Yes. And by Sunday night they're overflowing with yeah. trash and it's just really really gross. So this was awesome. You know, the bathhouses were great. There were they were huge. strategically placed. Many they're huge. The, it's like walking the bathhouses were like walking into a locker room, yeah. which I've always felt like that's what bathhouses should be be like. Yeah. They had good security and and like well done so you didn't find it to be a pain in the butt you get a um a hang tag for your for your truck or your uh vehicle Mm -hmm. that you come in and out of and it has a qr code that you scan as long as there's not somebody at the gate but there was always somebody at the gate when we were there checking people in which was great um we really liked the rule too before you move on i want to point this rule out so they say that quiet time starts at 10 o'clock in the park but campfire time doesn't end till midnight. So there's quiet time, but then they also acknowledge how nice it is to be able to sit around your campfire late into the evening. And so they separate those two out. And I just thought that that was kind of cool. Now, the sites are going to be your typical RV resort sites. Near a big city. Near a big city. You're a big city. You're going to have smaller sites. And I definitely did have sticker shock when I booked it. But then getting there and seeing everything that is offered and how clean this campground is. This campground is so clean, I think. And given it's the ease of getting into the city center in D.C., absolutely worth the price. Well, that's the, that's really the biggest thing. That, that's why you stay at Cherry Hill. So when you arrive and you do your check-in, one of the first things they tell you is that every day at 4 o'clock, they have a... 
a presentation to tell you how to get into DC. Mm -hmm. And they're not joking. Like they, they have really worked this out. There is a DC bus station in the campground. Yeah. Right. So you can get on the bus in the campground by the front office and then take that to the metro trains that take you into this city. The campground is big and very spread out. So if you don't want to walk all the way to the front office, which could take you a half hour, they have little shuttles that go around the campground inside the campground. It's so cute. As well. And we didn't, now we didn't use the bus station uh, or that shuttle. What mm -hmm. we did instead, since we had our truck, since we're pulling a trailer, we drove our truck to the metro station. The metro station has free parking. And um, you were, we, our friends have a dually and they were able to park as well so yeah that wasn't a problem now we went into dc on the weekends so those free parking areas at the metro station could be a little bit busier on the weekdays yes and you will have to pay for them yeah as well They're, i think it was like five dollars and fifty cents or something for the day to park they were free on the weekends mm -hmm. um but we drove to them so that we would have easy access to our truck and that was a really convenient way to do it it's only five 15 minutes i think to the nearest metro station from the campground so a yeah, really really simple drive it's actually quicker but one of them was closed yeah and we, we, we made the mistake of going to it the first time and then we're like oh we're closed the one that's closed is not the college park location yeah. that one and we should say and we would prefer to go to the one that was closed because that was an open air parking lot the college park that we went to was an enclosed parking space and we did feel like our truck stuck out quite a bit and i i don't know how i would have felt about that during the week when the the garage was packed with people but the greenbelt station which is the big one with the open lot that was closed it has plenty of parking for mm -hmm. even rvs so if you are going to cherry hill in a motorhome and you don't have a second vehicle with you, you could even drive over there and be fine. Or if you're not staying at Cherry Hill, you can even park for up to 24 hours there. I don't know if you can like, you know, stay overnight there, but you can leave your RV mm -hmm. for up to 24 hours in that parking lot. So that's really cool. Yes, very cool. So we took the Metra into town and that's probably the best way to do it. You can drive into town. We did see parking garages, you know, maybe $16. Yeah. Driving into D.C. is problematic already because we did have to drive some places and lots of side roads and stuff like that. And you're still going to walk all over the darn place. Even if you find a parking garage in downtown D.C., you're going to be doing a lot of walking. So for us, it was just worth it to just take the metro in. It's just so easy easy and frankly it costs probably just as much to do this it is cheaper to ride the metro on the weekends than it is during the weekday so that's another benefit to uh, taking the train and going in on the weekends I think it was like two dollars down and then two dollars back it was four dollars a person total having lived in Chicago having been in Chicago as long as we had been Trying to drive downtown to Chicago and dealing with parking and paying with parking and then spending all your time just walking around and then having to walk 
back after you've covered this long distance to then have to walk back to wherever yeah, you parked the you car. Can, you get off you get off at a certain station and yeah. then when you want to leave you could be at a totally different station well away from it. Which is what we did yeah. several times and that is easier on little legs. Plus the kids just love getting on the transit. And yeah. it's a cool it's actually really cool subway stations there. Yeah, yeah. Um we really liked the DC Metro. Although mm-hmm. uh I'll I'll get to that a little bit in my black tank because I have an issue with the DC Metro. Oh, okay. <laughs> could it be the ear popping, sitting backwards makes you sick? No, no, Ooh. that could be yours. Ooh, that's so. that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but getting into DC, okay. So we take the Metro in and we get it off at the National Archive stop, which is uh, real close to the National Mall. Um, and in fact, the National Archives is the first thing we did. So mm-hmm. you go into the National Archives. It doesn't take very long at all. But the National Archives is where they hold the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights. They also have a museum with uh, other stuff that they hold in the archives. Yes. But uh, if you want to just go in, if you're doing a quick tour, you want to just go into the rotunda and see the Charters of Freedom, as they're called. It's a, it's an essential D.C. experience. Yeah, I don't think... You can get out of D.C. without doing this. I think there was one thing I picked to do. It would be that one thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, there's something to keep in mind for when you go into D.C. is that you need to make sure that you're not bringing a ton of stuff with you, okay? They're going to want to look at everything. They're going to send you through metal detectors. In some cases, you're going to get your bags checked. You know, really do the research on the museums and places like the archives before you pack up that backpack for the day and you head into downtown. And, you know, it just, there's nothing worse than getting caught with something you can't have. Yeah, especially things like food, uh, beverages, any yeah. sort of weapons, and that includes like you don't bring spray, your weapons, stuff like that. Well, you know, some people have weapons on them, I and know. like that's something you have to be careful just about. Even, even like a small a pocket, pocket knife. knife. Don't you know? So just look up these places before you head into DC and make sure that you don't put anything in your bag that they're going to flag you if, for. If you have been to DC before and it's been a while, like it used to be, sort of like airport security. I mean, mm-hmm. it was intense. It has gotten a lot better. In fact, I've noticed this at Disney World, at Dollywood. The security scanners that they use now mm-hmm. are way, way better about moving you through quickly, about them having, you know, the, about them flagging people for whatever. You got flagged often at Disney World. They but, did not like my wicker bag <laughs> at all. But but they it has gotten a lot better. It is not, yeah. you know, getting patted down and wanded all the time you as know, much. The one thing, if I can just say the one thing I wish about these scanners is I actually wish that the people who work the scanners, who stand there and do a very tedious job all day long, I get it, would recognize, though, that not all of us go through scanners 500 times a day. And so when we get there and we're trying to figure out, like, what do I need to take off? What children do I need to sort of corral? Please don't yell at me to come through and to move through fast and come on, come on, come on. Because I haven't done this. I don't do this. It was dead, too. There's literally no one behind me. And I'm not saying that we were standing there for a minute or two minutes or three minutes. We were standing there for 10 seconds as I was getting a kid to take his backpack off. And I've got two or three security guards yelling at me to move through. And I'm like, do you want me to move through? Or do you want me to put this stuff into 
so you can look at it. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> so I just, just remember that not all of us do this for a living and see this every single day. To some of us, it's been a hot minute since we've gone through anything airport security-like. Now, the next thing we did is really more of the National Mall area. So the National mm-hmm. Mall is just... It's a giant green space that is flanked on either end by the Lincoln Memorial and the Capitol building. And in the middle is the Washington Monument. And it is huge. And up and down the length of it on either side, and it even takes a long time just to go across it, Mm -hmm. up and down the length of it are mostly Smithsonian museums. Yeah. So we did a couple of Smithsonian museums. And the first one we did was the Museum of Natural History. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool because it, you know, collects lots of it's sort of natural history from a perspective of like these are treasures owned by America, which is kind of cool. Like yeah. you can see the Hope Diamond in there, which is amazing she didn't drop it into the ocean after (laughs) all you guys and in fact the entire collection of jewels and gems and stones was really cool yeah it was my favorite part of that museum we also went over to the american history museum which was a really eye-opening i think probably my favorite part of road schooling with the kids um in Washington, D.C. was taking them to the American History Museum. Yeah, the American History Museum is full of sort of like all sorts of artifacts, like, you know, light bulb uh, that was sent for patenting by Thomas Edison, um, the the flag that inspired the national anthem, all sorts of great stuff like that. The lunch counter from Greensboro where the sit-in happened. And I would, you know, that when we all went to dinner that night, we all you know shared like what was our you know most impactful or favorite thing about um that museum and we all agreed that that particular display and then the film that they were showing with it was just so impactful and so educational for our kids as well to see that i i I highly recommend if you go to this museum, seek out that exhibit. And we did sort of a thing where we spent a couple hours in each of the museums. Mm-hmm. But we could have easily made a whole day out of just that one museum. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, a few other things that we did when we were on the National Mall is we spent some time over at the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Monument, the World War II Memorial Uh flying through en route trying to get to dinner one night before the storm set in we got to go past the white house (laughs) yeah the white house is interesting because like you really can't get that close to it no you can't Um, get that close to it so you just kind of see it and you move on they do have a visitor center that is in a different building which we didn't do this time but you and i did when we Mm -hmm. flew to dc several years ago and it was pretty cool but i think the most important thing to understand about downtown dc about the national mall area is that it is it's a lot of walking Mm -hmm. you can't just hop on the 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 metro train and go go around it there's not stops everywhere um you're going to be doing a ton of walking and there is virtually nowhere to eat around it what are you talking about there's food trucks there are lots of ice cream food trucks everywhere half of the food trucks have ice cream very few of them were like nice gourmet food trucks. Most no. of them were like hot dogs and pizza. Which is, is delicious. But the reason but there are so many food trucks is that there's nowhere. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, I'm not kidding. Like McDonald's closes at six o'clock and it's a 10 minute walk to get to. Yeah, it's 
it's tough on the weekends if you want to be there into the evening. That doesn't mean it's impossible because we were able to do it with several places, but but we it walked did. a while. We walked it, literally over a mile to get to both of the places yes. that we had dinner at on the National Mall. And yes. you took the younger boys back home. Yeah. While Jack and I spent an evening going around taking photos and stuff, and we got caught in a rainstorm. Uh, you got caught in a thunderstorm, <laughs> a severe thunderstorm. I neglected, so I we had packed our raincoats in the backpack, and I pulled them out that morning because I didn't think we were going to be there that late. <laughs> Uh, and we needed them. We got soaked. You so did. that's the other thing is that down in that area, not a lot of places for shelter, especially after all the museums close at 530. We literally hung out with a few hundred people in the Lincoln Memorial mm. waiting out a rainstorm. And then eventually finally just decided to walk a mile and a half to the train in the rain because we couldn't flag down a cab yeah it was it was it was rough but it was it was fine it was yeah. fun we had a good time doing it but I, it's important to really plan for going down into dc take a raincoat with you if it's going to be rainy really plan where you're going to eat make sure that restaurant is going to be open when you plan to eat there and if walking is not your thing there are lots of options for bicycle rentals or biking with your own bike, scooter rentals. Yeah, no, that is a good a good option if you are on a going on a weekend. I think mm -hmm. sort of the theme here is that the weekends are are pretty great. I think DC is just really busy during the week, but nobody yeah. works downtown on the weekend other than Everybody people at there the White House for tourism and... And, and stuff. So you if you wanted to drive into DC on the weekend like with your truck and haul a couple bikes with you, mm -hmm. that might be a really good way to do it. Yeah. So we've hit on the fact that we couldn't find a lot of food, but we should mention that we did find one place that we really, really liked downtown and we want to recommend that to you. And it's called Pie P I pizzeria yes you're right it's a pizza recommendation you're gonna want to go to this one though they do a version of a chicago style pizza which is really great but they do the cornmeal crust which is slightly different from chicago but they do do the whole cheese on the bottom sauce on top they also offer thin crust they offer gluten-free and they've got an extensive bar with a lot of local beers as well as a really good italian sangria that you and i both enjoyed oh, yeah, that was awesome yeah it, that was fantastic that was my first italian sangria and, and you know they're sort of like I want more. Flavor. That was great. Yeah, it was very good. This 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 restaurant it's a it's a chain, I guess. It's kind a very of, small yeah. chain. They have four locations. This I thought this was really cool. Two of them in St. Louis, one of them in DC, and the fourth one is in Iraq. And I think the two in St. Louis are trying to help people stop eating bad pizza in St. Louis. Yes. Because they don't put hope so. Provel cheese on their pizza. <laughs> so uh, if you want good pizza when you're in St. Louis, uh, go to Pie Pizzeria. You should also check them out when you're in D.C. And if you find yourself in Iraq, they're there as well. Uh, I should mention, too, that everything we did in D.C., and this is one of the big benefits of going to D.C., is free. Yeah, all of the except museums. Except for the food. Except for the food. <laughs> the food is not free. It's definitely not yeah. cheap. Uh, but all of the museums and the zoo is also free. The Smithsonian has a Smithsonian National Zoo and Conservation. And we spent an afternoon there. The zoo is also free. And you can go and see the work that they do with giant pandas, which is just, you know, I've never seen with my own eyes a giant panda. And I could have watched these beautiful creatures 
all day long. It's really a highlight of the zoo. And I think really what the zoo is known for. It's not the biggest zoo in the world. Uh, It's not going to blow your mind if you've been to like the Omaha Zoo or San Diego or anything like that. It is a smaller zoo, but the panda exhibit is definitely worth it. And there are lots Mm -hmm. of other exhibits, but you might spend three hours or four hours there, I think, is a a good afternoon there. So that is outside of the downtown area. Mm -hmm. So we did have to drive to there, and it was kind of a pain to drive to because driving through city streets and all that sort of stuff. Lots of turns, lots of speed bumps, lots of traffic and annoyances. Now, the zoo itself might be free, but parking is $30. So there is going to be that cost for that. I'm sure that there is transit you could take that's going to cost as well. Um, But again, it's worth it. It's worth to go and spend a day at the zoo and see the giant panda. We did a few other things outside of DC-esque I guess, activities. And one of them was we went and did some rock climbing again with our friends who continue to uh, encourage us and get us out there doing this. And it's really become like something we as a family love. I have no idea, but there are, there are Uh, indoor rock gyms everywhere all across the country. It's like we've been under a rock all our lives. Like (laughs) where I know that was so, that was so good, wasn't it? But, and you can go and, and, and rent all the gear there. You don't need yeah, to own anything. No. They have the they have the shoes which you need to get. Um, yep. And uh, the harness if you're going to do the auto belay climbing, which is really cool. This place didn't have that, but nope. we just did bouldering here, which is sort of like low level climbing. And we all really pushed ourselves and learned a lot about ourselves there. I thought yeah. it was great. It was at Movement Rock Gym, which is yes. a, a chain of rock gyms here in the east. And it's um, preparing us, I guess, for some bouldering we might be doing. This fall real, yeah, on, on, on real rocks. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, and then we we finally want to recommend a restaurant, which was oh. sort of our best eating experience in a long so while. This place is called Founding Farmers. Um, you know, it's a play on Founding Fathers, but everything is farm to table at this restaurant. Everything comes from local oh, farmers. And it is a play on that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I just got that. <laughs> uh, this is this is not a cheap place um, oh, by any means. We didn't no. make it Mm-mm. any cheaper by ordering multiple Mm-mm. appetizers and desserts. But you have to alcohol. So we. I'm getting all excited about this place. So Jason and I allowed this to be a cheat night for us um, because, as many of you know, we have been abstaining from uh, pretty much all forms of sugar. Uh, dairy and gluten. So there's no and, way. Then about a dozen other things. It, it's like a dozen other things. There's no way you're going to this place and getting away from any of that. I'm sorry. I just don't have the strength. So we allowed ourselves a night off and you have to get the the bread, the bread plate that's like on the appetizer. What's it? I can't remember exactly what they're, they call they're it. Flat breads. They're flat um, breads. I don't know what they call them, but they're, well, they're, they're, they're not flat breads necessarily. They're like individual. Um, they're flat breads that are chopped up as appetizers. So they're, yeah. they, I think they have four different ones that, with <sighs> all it's sorts so of great ingredients. But this is kind of what's cool about this place, I think, is this is a place for foodies and non-foodies alike. Mm-hmm. You do not have to be an adventurous eater to go here. As a matter no, of fact, I got comfort. pot roast, which yes. is amazing. It's comfort foods, even, you know, it's mac and cheese for the kids. It's bacon for Henry. Literally, that's <laughs> oh, all bacon. The appetizer we got for the kids was 
kettle corn that they oh, make there it themselves. Was amazing. And it was so hot. It's, I mean, molten was, sugar on it. It was so hot when it yes, came out. Yes. And it, it hadn't formed yet. So like when you were picking up the, like the popcorn pieces, the kettle, like the molten sugar was just stringing. It was, oh, it was so good. We had bread pudding for dessert, which oh, is, which was wonderful. Was so and much gluten. And the, the, the alcoholic beverages. Ooh, oh, I had a mint julep. Oh my gosh, that was so good. I started off with um, a mule, I think. No, what did I start? Oh no, I started off with their drink of the night, which was like kind of a rum uh, drink, and then I ended up getting a gin and tonic after that. Everything was just spectacular. They do their own sodas as well, so the kids were able to kind of have their own craft beverage. All of this, you can just tell by listening to what we're talking about. It was not a cheap dinner. It was definitely a splurge. But the quality of the food, the quality of the service, the atmosphere, everything about it was so worth it. So that's our visit to Washington, D.C. There is so much to do in D.C. We could just the Smithsonian Museums alone. We could have spent a whole nother month. I'm not kidding. Doing because we, I mean, we we barely scratched the surface of them. We did two of them. And there's like there's like, fifteen. Yeah. We were there for nine days at this campground, and we, you know, obviously we were working full time as well, so that sort of cuts into everything. But there was so much more that we wanted to see and do, and we just we didn't have time. So we're just gonna have to go back. We are. All right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about our fresh tank black tank segment. Be right back. If you've been thinking about picking up a solo stove, now is the perfect time. During the off-season, Solo Stove continues to offer discounts on their popular low-smoke fire pits, including our favorite, the Bonfire. RV Miles listeners can save even more money by heading over to rvmiles.com slash solo stove and using the link and promo code. Take advantage of all the discounts to be had before camping season starts and get your Solo Stove today rvmiles.com slash solo stove and then click the link and use the promo code to save even more it's time to check the level of our tanks abby what is in your black tank this week so my black tank goes to the people at the smithsonian american history museum who were viewing the giant flag of 1812 that is in this very enclosed special lit case that has a giant sign as you come into that space that says no photography, who um, felt that those rules didn't apply to them and were standing there not only taking pictures of this national treasure, but using their flash on it. And that's which the whole reason. I couldn't that's, handle that's, it. It's, it's protecting it from damage from light. Because we've already done so much damage to it's it. No I mean, real bad shape. it's crazy. If you look at so the Smithsonian got this flag. This flag is is was what inspired uh, Francis Scott Key to write the Star Spangled Banner. So the Smithsonian got its hands on this flag in 1907, and then proceeded to do some really wackadoodle things with it, like you know sew it on, you know, uh, sew a backing onto it. And this is after people had already cut pieces off of it yeah. as souvenirs, including a giant star out of it. Right. So it has been a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of labor, a lot of minute labor to 
save this flag, to ensure that this piece of our history lasts for generations and generations and generations. So when you show up with your iPhone and you decide that what you need more than anything in this world right now is a picture of that flag. And because it's so dark in there, you're going to have to use your flash. You're a jerk. It's I'm also sorry. Gonna you're be a jerk. a terrible photo with the flash on in there. I, it's yeah. silly. I mean, you know, it's like you do what you want, yeah. I guess. I don't know. But you get my black tank. So if you've taken a picture of that, I don't think that's – I'm not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> What's in your fresh tank? Uh, so my fresh tank this week goes to a story we just got, a press release we just got from Campendium. And they are uh, rolling out this new feature that is going to allow you to see smoke, essentially, in places that you're traveling to. Like, what is the smoke level in a particular area that you want to travel to at that time. And they're going to be overlaying it onto the map. And I think they said they were doing it like in several different colors. Like, so they'll have light, medium and heavy smoke coverage over what you're looking at so that you can understand like what you're, what you're headed to. And I just think that that's a really unique and interesting feature because especially anyone traveling to the West or anyone who has traveled to the West you are impacted. Well, my goodness. I mean, you're impacted on the East with what's happening in the West. And for some people, that kind of smoke inhalation can be really deadly and and not good for them at all. So I really do like this idea now that Campendium is creating this sort of visual that you can see. Yeah, because it's one thing to see fire you know, but seeing smoke, which affects you more because the fire, you you know, you're obviously not going to go walk into a fire, yeah. but smoke is so much broader. Yeah. I, you know, and there's a stat on here that I just wanted to throw out really quick and that they had put in the press release that I thought was interesting. And it said that in 2021, nearly 124,000 campers were within 20 kilometers of an active wildfire and that 40,000 campers were impacted by wildfire smoke last year wow and you know the season is just about well the season is there really begun is there ever a season anymore that's what they say is that there isn't much of a season anymore no it's just all year long so uh that gets my fresh tank this week jason what is in your black tank for how convenient it was to take the dc metro downtown Uh from cherry hill i have i have a bone to pick with (laughs) with the dc metro train being a you know a, a resident of Chicago for 15, 16 years with an excellent train system that, I mean, with some flaws, but a, a pretty excellent train mm, system. Mm-hmm. Here's my World annoyance with, with, with the DC Metro. When you're on the train in Chicago and you're heading downtown, say, say mm-hmm. you're up in one of the neighborhoods and then you're heading downtown. When you leave a stop, it, it always says, next stop, Clark and Division. Mm-hmm. Doors open on the right at Clark and Division. Yeah. And then... And then as you're coming up to this station, it'll say, this is Clark and Division. Doors open on the right at Clark and Division, right? (laughs) Exactly like that, too. You get that information. Not only do you get that, you get a map of the train line that you were on in every train car. There's usually two of them on either end at least. Yeah. So you can see the the, what the next several stops are so you can know okay i'm at clark and division i've got five more stops before i get down to adams or wherever i'm going on the dc metro 
you get none of that. You no. get no announcements. There well, is no signage in in the in the um, in the Chicago one. There's also the there's also a LED display that tells you the next stop. We did get an announcement. It was from the conductor, and you could barely hear it. Uh, and it was so muffled. I had no idea what he was saying. I had no idea what the name of the stop was. And I think maybe he might have even said what side the doors were going to open on. I have no idea. But it's so loud. Also, the intercom system, anyone who has been on a tr- like a train, the intercom system is trash. Well, I didn't even hear the guy. I didn't actually don't remember that was not easy at at all but what you have to do is basically just watch out the windows for the signs Mm -hmm. and if you don't know like how many stops away you are without like looking at a map i had to like pull out a map and look at it because they don't have them on the wall it's just very weird really simple easy things they can do yeah in chicago that's all automated there's LED signs, there's the announcement, there's the maps on the wall, and the signs out the door. You can't miss your stop. Yeah, you can't go two steps without like knowing where you are yeah. on the CTA. All right, what is in your fresh tank this week? Uh, so my fresh tank is a new RV. This is a new floor plan from Ember RV. Ember is a new brand um, that we've talked about in the past. It sells sort of these sort of off-road type vehicles. Now, we saw the embers at the Tampa RV show. Mm-hmm. I thought they were really cool on the outside. A little disappointed on the inside that yeah. they were kind of a lot like every other RV. Yeah, when on the yeah. outside, they look like these really cool rugged things. Yeah. I, I have a big pet peeve overall when the outside doesn't match the inside. Anyway, this new floor plan, the 191 MSL. This is a play on their their bunkhouse floor plan. Now, these were small RVs, right? This is a small towable travel trailer with an independent suspension. So it's really meant for boondocking and getting off-road, right? So instead of the normal, like, very small bunkhouse in the Mm -hmm. back, two bunks, what they've done is they've made the bunks, um, you can raise them up to the ceiling and get them out of the way. So the back, the whole back of this RV becomes a garage. They have pictured a hammock hanging in it, but you can... You can put bicycles, you can put kayaks, you can put whatever you want there. And basically, this becomes a small toy hauler RV. That's what I was just about to say. So this is on the side of the RV. And so it's like a toy hauler if the entrance was on the side back. Yeah, the similar the passenger floor side. plan, they had a an outdoor kitchen there. They got rid of yeah. the outdoor kitchen. And the bunks are... you. And if you didn't want bunks at all, you didn't have to use bunks. And there's all kinds of... Uh, uh, metal e-tracks to hang stuff off of as well so like you can a hammock hang a hammock in there you can hang backpacks in there you can get stuff up and out of the way i don't know that i would want to be in my hammock in there but i mean it's cool that you could get one in there but the reason the way they came up with this floor plan is they released the the original floor plan on youtube and this floor plan came out of the 2,000 comments on that video. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah, I thought that well, was really Well, they neat. actually yeah. listened. Yeah. yeah. So you can check out uh, the 191 MSL. We'll share this article from uh, rvbusiness.com in the show notes. And hey, maybe if enough people say stop making the interior look like every other RV and make it match the outside Maybe they'll do it. Yeah, I you know, I, when you see something funky on the outside, it should be a little funky on the inside. Yep, I agree. So, all right, well, that is it for this episode of the RV Miles podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. And we hope if you're getting something out of this show, 
that you will consider supporting RV Miles across your social media. That means sharing the show or maybe heading over to rvmiles.com and grabbing an article that you liked there or finding one of the reels that we have up on Facebook or Instagram and sharing those across with your community. Whatever you can do makes a world of difference for us here at RV Miles. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Of course, if you would like to chat with Jason and I, the very best place to do that is in the RV Miles Facebook group with almost 11,500 of the nicest RVers out there. And hey, we have a really big announcement coming up. We've got something in the works for the fall that we would like you to be a part of. And if you would like to be one of the very first people to hear about it and get one of the very, very few spots that might be available for this, then the best way to do that is to join our mailing list. And you can do that directly over at rvmiles.com. You just click on contact us and it will have a drop down where it says mailing list. You go on there. We will never, ever, ever sell your information or share your information. Pinky promise. But you're going to want to be on the mailing list because you're going to want to know what's coming up this fall. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Enjoy this extended weekend and keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody.